We are recording. Oh my gosh. Y'all, y'all, y'all. And for those of you that are not from the South, you guys, I am really happy to get into this next episode of the How to Fix a Broken Record podcast. And I'm always happy to welcome my friends. I just happen to know some cool people, which also works great. But some of my friends are just amazing. And the person that I'm interviewing today, she's so awesome. Annie Downs, fantastic writer best-selling author phenomenal speaker and her two most recent books are looking for lovely and let's all be brave and she's also my friend annie oh my gosh thank you for joining the how to fix a broken record podcast thank you for having me i'm so i know this isn't why i'm here but i'm so excited about this book coming out i know that's not why i'm here but i'm just saying to you i cannot wait for everybody to get their paws on your book Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Annie. Thank you. And Annie, Annie has been just an encouragement to me. And I just have to tell y'all, if you haven't heard Annie speak, just at least y'all can't see our faces in case her (laughs) cheeks turn red right now. But if y'all have not heard Annie speak, let me tell you something. Like I, I watch Annie speak and deep within, I like take notes to myself like, okay, so next time when you're transitioning, make sure you, when she opens the intro, like I take notes, like, masterful masterful communicator so i'm just so excited to to know i've just been talking for so long amina (laughs) i just am a professional talker that's all there is to it same same for me i'm like i always look at my mom like aren't you glad i got in trouble for talking in class now like it's totally working out (laughs) so i asked annie to join the podcast today because we are talking about dating today which is highly important to me one of my favorite pastimes apparently (laughs) (laughs) and uh those of you that are kind of checking out uh, the how to fix a broken record book you know that I have an entire section here on dating and so I wanted to bring in different people that I thought would make for great conversation about some of these topics so I'm talking to Annie about dating today and I want to start off with what was your early dating narrative? Because I feel like narrative is a huge part of how we view dating and romantic love and what we envision marriage will be or not. You know, what was that like early dating narrative for you? Yeah. So for me, I grew up in the late 90s, right? Like I was a teenager in the 90s, went to college at the very end of the 90s. And so I really lived under, feels like a a brutal way to put it, but I really lived under the, I kiss dating goodbye kind of narrative. Yeah. And the under, there was at some point, I wasn't even, I put this on me. It was probably that I just love to read and I read all the books, but there was just this concept of, um, dating isn't an option of relationship. You are either friends or you are pursuing marriage. Right. And there isn't this middle thing for Christians. There is, there is for all your non-Christian friends that at school and in college, like they can do that, but you either need to feel like that's a person you could marry or y'all are just friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like so it, it makes for a very high pressure, low dating <laughs> ratio. Completely, because now it's like everybody's either, either scared. I either wanted to know his parents immediately, <laughs> or we weren't hanging out at all. You know, it or we were weird. like doing group hangs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I would do my teens 
in my in my early 20s dating wise so differently if i knew the freedom that actually came in the in in this particular type of relationship okay let me ask you about this yeah do you remember what your first date ever was like do you remember that yeah, do you count da- dances or not counting dances? I, I think you could count a dance. That can be that can be a first date. I mean, I was yeah, at Sonic was, on my yeah. first date, so I just got to throw that yeah. out there, too. I was You're definitely, what? I went to Sonic, so. Your first date was to Sonic? Yeah. I mean, we went to a movie, but we went to Sonic. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> did y'all stay in the car or did you stay yes, at the table? we stayed in the you stayed in the car you stayed in the car he did not even set you at a table no we totally sat in the car and then we um we traded drinks because i had a milkshake and he had a a slush bless did you keep your own straws or did you use each other's straws each other's straws and i basically felt like we made out even though that's not actual making out but i felt like we did because we used the same straw i was like oh my gosh he's basically my husband now yeah Thank you. Like, it, I I dated a guy here in Nashville that we talked about that he kind of grew up in that culture as well, yeah. and just kind of this under this um these really hard lines that were drawn, and to the to the degree of leading us to believe that God and our relationship with God um could be hindered yeah. massively. By by dating, yeah. not by dating, badly, but by dating. Right. Period. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By by that that almost even pursuing uh, to be in a dating boyfriend girlfriend relationship as a teenager in 1997 <laughs> as a Christian was problematic right. for your faith walk. Right. 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 And okay. So, and and I also tell you that for my first dates and stuff, I mean, you, you know, some of my story, but my teenage years were really weird for me. Mm-hmm. I. I really struggled with so much of how God made me and and my appearance and that I, when I look back, I was on dates. I didn't know her dates. Okay. okay. I didn't I know that. that he liked me. I couldn't understand. Like I, 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 um, and so my first date memories are, are really different because I mean, besides dances, I mean, I'm going to count right. out dances, but okay. because when I think about the first time a a young man took me somewhere by myself. I thought we were pals. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Okay. Right? Because yes. I thought, because what my, then what the lie in my head was, well, there's no way he likes you. Mm, mm-hmm. And so don't do that to yourself. Mm-hmm. But like, that's still a narrative. I have to fight with myself is this, yeah. is, my head will tell me, don't be ridiculous. Right. 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 That, that broken record right there. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, I remember my mom actually sent me a copy of of I Kissed Dating Goodbye twice. I don't know if she was like, please read this. You didn't say anything the first time. I don't know. Right, right. Was. You didn't bring it up the first time. When I yeah, I don't, I don't know why that was like such a thing. But she, I remember her sending it to me. And I do remember, I, I do remember not necessarily the I Kissed Dating Goodbye narrative sort of forcing that upon me but I do remember having that you're already having these thoughts already like am I worth being treated well yeah 
You and know? I do think a really interesting thing that we should differentiate for our friends that are listening, even though we can't see them, and I'm going to say things where I forget they're there, um, is that there is a difference between the I kiss saying goodbye culture and purity. Yeah. There is, there is yeah. nothing. There is a godly standard for yeah. purity, and there is a place for living a pure and healthy life. Yeah. That does not mean we don't date. Right. Those are not right. the same thing. So yeah. I think that's what... To me, that's what a 16-year-old Christian Annie would have loved to have heard. Yeah. Is like dating is a type of relationship that two godly people can be in. Yeah. While they are pursuing purity and pursuing deeper relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I was taught that purity equaled no dating. Right. Right. And then it's like, how am I supposed to? I felt like I got a lot of don'ts. And I did not get a lot of the, Don't well, this day. is what Don't you do day. to be a healthy person. This is what you do to have a healthy perspective on yourself, on right. your body, on your emotions. Right. These are the ways you should handle those boundaries as you are learning to respect yourself. Like there were so many things about that right. that I didn't have the do's. I just did the don'ts for so long. And then I looked up and I was like, well, I'm an adult. And, um, and I just been don't tell me I've been the do for too long. Yeah. yeah yes. Right. Somebody yeah. needs to tell me the do. That's right. That's right. And I do think another important thing, especially because you, for your and I story and all my friends stories really is someone could have grown up in the same house as me or grown up in the same youth group as me and have totally yeah. different memories right? And, have, and, and read a book and taken it totally different. But I do know that, that across our culture, around that time, across Christian culture, when you were walking into Christian bookstores, those were the books you were picking up. Yeah. Were the ones yeah. that told you you were a pearl that needed to stay in the shell. Right. And that became the narrative. So then the narrative was, I think another thing, and I want to talk to you uh, a little bit about this too. Yeah. I think a part of that narrative that became a problem for me was it became this idea of almost like I need to wait for life to happen to me. Like I should be sitting somewhere a on a bus stop. Because you're a woman? Yes, because I'm a woman. Okay. But I should yeah. be sitting on a bus stop and I should be waiting for life, quote unquote, to happen to me, which life was marriage and kids. I need to be waiting for that to happen to me. There really isn't that much life for me to live or there's not that much for me to do while I'm waiting for those things. And I had to unlearn that narrative that mm-hmm. there's a lot of life for me to live there's a lot that God is calling me to do that I should be doing with my life that, that, yeah. that this, this like almost like I think I kissed dating goodbye sort of transitioned into like, I just wait for life to happen to me that that's well, I mean, my that's most true righteous. love waits, right? Like yeah, true love yeah. tells you, and I, you know, the interesting thing to me, man, we can just run down this path and you and I have had this sit down before that yeah. what I think is what I think should be taught to students is not, wait until you get married to have sex. Yeah. What should actually be taught to students is whatever relationship you are in, pursue sexual purity. Because me as a single woman, I have to do that. But you as a married woman, you still have to do that Absolutely too. true. Absolutely and right? true. And so, and then it stops. The waiting language is the language that says there is a finish line and you will get to it. Yeah. And when you get to it, you win. Yeah. Right? And so what it says is like sex is this big reward that you get when you get to the finish line and you've won. Yeah. Right when, when there's a purity for me here, there's part purity for you where you are, yeah. and even purity has a terrible right that has you know, its like, own right. I know, yes. I know, and I don't want it to. I don't want it to. I just know that that I want to honor my body and honor my future and honor God. Yeah, and you do too as a married yeah. woman. 
Yeah. Right. And so Same. one of the ways I do that is how I, how I eat. One of the ways I do that is how I exercise. Yeah. And one of the way I do that is how I handle sex. Yeah. Right. And so, and so we, that's the conversation I want us to be having with teenagers, not the true love weights crap. Oh, yeah. Not the true love. Wa- well, I gotcha. yeah, not the true love mm-hmm. weights crap we, because, because we have to stop acting like marriage is a finish line right. that everyone is going to cross and then get everything they've ever wanted. Yeah. Because on, I man. have got so much of what I've always wanted. I don't have everything. I'm mm-hmm. never going to have everything that I've always right. wanted. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I lived for so long thinking I needed to, just like you said, like I'm supposed to sit here and be a good godly woman until this night comes in right. and scoops me up and crosses me over the finish line. Right. Yes, and I don't have to yes. of weight anymore. And that's just not the reality of the life we're mm-hmm. called to. That's a, yeah. that is a very boring life for a woman man yes and it's like it's leaving out all this adventure you could have man in your life totally opportunities that are already there for you yeah right that are and then you are you are a more full and capable and healthy woman for the relationship that god brings into your life or that you and your dude find together because god brought you together right yeah right so there's this there's this depth to the person you get to become when you stop acting like there's a finish line you're trying to get to. And instead you just love the fact you're in the race. Right. Right. Okay. Let me ask you about this. I want to know what changed that narrative for you, because I think I I do remember a moment for me where that narrative started to make a switch. I think, I think a part of it was I I was living with my best friend and her husband. I was going through that strange time of like, I think I know what I'm supposed to do, but I don't know how that's going to pay a place to live while I'm figuring all that out phase of life. And she handed me Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend's boundaries in dating. Okay. She handed me that book first and it had like a book and a workbook. Yeah. And that was the first time, like there's like these, this line of questioning in the beginning of the book that asked, what was a time in your dating experience that was really good? Mm. And like, what did you learn from it? And I had never heard that line of conversation. Sure, yeah. Especially as a Christian. Right. It was like everything I was being told about dating was so wrong. It was all the like pitfalls. Like yeah. everyone's testimony had something to do with like this bad person they dated oh, right. or something. Right. And, and then, then, so then like then Jesus you and I had were to like, swoop in. Doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was like, oh, well, that's, that's not going to happen. So after good. I started like walking through that workbook, that started to change the narrative of like, oh, dating doesn't have to be a negative. Dating doesn't have to be this horrible place. It can be this place that you can grow spiritually. And then I read How to Get a Date Worth Keeping, which also that Listen, just, man, I preached that man. book. That book. That's the one. Dear, really, really changed my really narrative changed there. Me. Yeah, so really what, what was it like for you when you had to sort of unlearn some of yeah. these problematic things but then learn some of the healthy stuff. What yeah. was that for you? Okay, so the memory that comes to my mind first, and I just pray with my guts, all my guts, that this guy never listens to this podcast. <laughs> early in my 20s, I, I was interested in a guy, and I was sure he wasn't interested in me, but maybe, and he wanted to come over and watch a movie at my house. And so we went and rent. I mean, let me age us a minute. We went and rented <laughs> a movie from a I building. I want to thank you. 
thank you for you. rented from it a building. Hot red mm-hmm. box. It was back mm-hmm. when you walked into somewhere and looked over the walls <laughs> and you took home a VHS. I mean, and you had to rewind it. You had to make DVD, sure but I don't think it was. <laughs> and we watched the movie and he goes home and it's all fine. And the next day, one of my guy friends says, well, did y'all make out? And I was like, no. And he was like, Annie, you're never allowed to watch a movie with a guy ever again and not make out with him. And I remember thinking, what? what? Why? I didn't. And he was like, that's the only reason he wanted to watch that movie. And I was like, what? I mean, I, oh I mean I'm not kidding you. I wow. was blown away. I thought, I can't. Can't understand. <laughs> I can't understand what you're saying. And so that was. I mean, I know that's so silly. And my my friend, the guy, who, I need to call him today and tell him that I'm telling the story because he made so much fun of me in like a sweet way. It didn't hurt. Yeah, right, right, call. right. But when we were, it was at the end of college, and he was like, Annie, you've got to because I had been on dates, but I had never. It, here's what I say to people a lot, Amina. Dating is a different language we have to learn to speak yeah. than friendship. Mm-hmm. And, and, but we don't allow each other to learn a new language. Yeah. And we don't good. allow ourselves. We expect on your first date ever, when you're 14 or when you're 34, whatever, yeah. Yeah. that you know exactly what to do. And you've never done anything like this. Right. And there's just, I actually was just listening to a podcast where a guy was describing his first date ever and he, and his first uh, relationship ever. Mm-hmm. And he said, I have so much grace for the person I was dating because they were dealing with someone who had never dated before. Yes. Oh, that's how we need to let each other be is go like, Hey, I don't, I I'm not a professional at this. I'm 17 or I'm 22 or I'm 27 and I'm just not a professional at dating. And so I'm going to try, but I don't know. We speak two different languages, right? Right. And so, so I remember that being a language shift for me when that guy Mm. said that to me in college. And then when I read um, How to Find a Date Worth Keeping, yeah. it just opened my eyes to kind of the idea of like, oh, this isn't, because there's such a hard line of, of is there one person for you or is, right. is the there, soulmate. yeah, is there yeah. a soulmate mm-hmm. or is there a season? And if I still lived in Athens, Georgia, would I have married this guy? And if I still lived mm-hmm. in Marietta, would I have married this guy? And and if I'd have done, if we had turned left there instead of turned right, I mean, you know how all that stuff goes. Right. And, and so you just kind of, so, so I don't know the right answer to that. I'm not married. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the right answer to whether mm-hmm. when I marry the guy that I want to marry that I go, oh my gosh, yeah, you're the only one that would this would have ever worked with or yeah. not. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I do know that, that Dr. Cloud's book gave me permission to go, oh, I can like try Mm-hmm. You know, the only song that's ever been written about me was someone writing about how I didn't get to try, man. That, and it, and, and that is, and so that's kind of been probably the last decade. The narrative is, for me has been, you don't have to decide. You just have to try. Yeah. Right. Oh, I don't, and there's so much you know, freedom in that. And I don't write, yeah. right. I, you just have to see if, mm-hmm. if y'all like each other, if you like his people, if he likes your people, do you like his city? Does he like your city? Do you like his church? Does he like your church? Do y'all share enough? I mean, I dated a guy a couple of years ago that, that really disliked some stuff that I really liked, yeah. like being outside and exercise and sports yeah restaurants i mean like Wait, you, a it lot wasn't, you weren't dating me right because that's <laughs> those three things sound like 
<laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, no, I totally get him. Yeah, no outside. Oh no my sport. gosh, yeah. no. Wait. You, but you like restaurants. And you like yeah. sports. Come on. So, and I don't I need someone snacks. who loves sports. I just need yeah. someone who can, it's fine that I like watching soccer sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, uh, it's, I would have never learned that about this guy if we wouldn't have gone on dates. Right. Like I read his resume and decide if he's my husband. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. like we need to, and now I, but also at my age, I'm not a, I need to see you in all four seasons kind of person. I know. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't yeah. in my life. I don't need to see you in four seasons. I need to see you until we decide. Right. You know, I, yes. I, I think there are times where it goes really quickly and you go like, Hey, there's a lot we don't know, but you're really right. So here we go. And there yeah. are times where you go, Hey, there's a lot I don't know that I want to know. So let's go slow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Friend, you have incredible theory about um, the difference between fields and factories. Okay. And how factories, you always expect to get the same result. Mm-hmm. In fields, you're never going to get the same result. Oh, that's good. Right. That's good. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and so even in dating, you have to go like, I don't, I'm going to plant all the seeds I know to plant here and I'm going to cultivate this land the best I know how and whatever grows, I trust that whatever God grows here, what I'm asked to do is handle it well. Yeah. It's not a situation where a man and a woman go into the Jetsons closet and come out the other side and they're fully dressed. And you know, like you're not going to get the same result every time you put two single people into a situation together and it's going to come out the same. I haven't had two dating relationships that have been the same ever. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. and so I have to trust that God grows something and what he's asked me to do is tend it really well. Mm-hmm, and if mm-hmm. that means the relationship lasts for six months and then we don't get married, that is hard for me, but that's right. what God's asked me to do. I mean, I right. just had one that went for six ish, six, seven and, yeah. and it's not right and it didn't work. And that is hard. That yeah, is not right. hard when I'm 21. That's a lot harder for me in my 30s. Yeah. But, I, but God didn't ask me to set the calendar. He asked me to tend what he grew. Right. So I did it. I, I We tended it. And, and, it, and what grew was not a forever relationship. Yeah. That's so good, that difference between the field and the factory. I really love that because I think, I think in the process – I, in the dating process, I learned a lot about myself. Yes. I learned like what you described. I learned what I wanted. Yeah. I learned the types of things that would shut me down. Like I went through a long period when I first started dating where like, if a guy was like super attractive to me, I just couldn't even, I just didn't even know how to handle Nothing. it. So if, really? he, like, he, if he'd call, I'd just be like staring at the phone. Like, mm-hmm. uh-uh. so I just like, <laughs> I did not know how to handle myself. Like I would just be like, well, I guess I can only date guys that I think are sort of kind of attractive because uh-huh, if you get uh-huh. into the, like, you know, I'm looking at you like thinking, man, he uh-huh. looks really sexy. I would just, mm-mm. they would be calling and I'd be like, um, yeah. no, I can't really go out no. because I can't really, you know, and I had to learn how to, that was a me thing that didn't even have anything to do with, you know, what type of man it was. That was a me thing right. having That's to right. really deal with my own sexual feelings yeah. and deal with the fact that that's a healthy thing, that there's nothing wrong or sinful about feeling those right. feelings. So you need to get yourself together and sit across the dinner table from a man that you find immensely attractive and like walk through that. I remember and, like, my best still friend. Be a person. 
Just still yeah, be a please, person. Pl- please be a person and breathe <laughs> and eat food and stuff and drink water. That's like right. do that stuff, right. you know? So I learned some of those things about myself. I learned how to communicate, how to have to say, you know, yeah, this isn't working out. Oh man. The first oh, time you break up with sucks. someone and the first time you're broken up with, I mean, all of the, we need now, there are going to be people who are listening to this that don't date anyone except their spouse. And that's fine. Right, Again, right, right, right. that is their story. That is their field. That is fine. Yeah. Right. And so, but for the majority of us, you're not just going to date the guy you marry. Right. Right. Or the girl you marry right, for the dudes right. listening. You're not just going right. to, there are going to be other people. And so there are other people in your story and there are other people in your history. And there's other, there's random things that trigger you four years down the road because of what a guy said four years ago. Right. Right. Please. And so you just please. have to learn your, I mean, that's the thing is, is dating has taught me how much I'm worth. Yes. Right. Yes. Not in mm-hmm. like a cattle call kind of way, but in like a, man, this does not, I, I, I'm going to be single over this. Right. Right. Like I, right. I, I don't want what that situation is offering. And so mm-hmm. I can leave yeah. or I can stay and he can yeah. leave or he can mm-hmm. stay. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, oh, I, I, love I think that. that's really hard. I think the first, the first breakup on either side, the first time you're the one who it makes your stomach drop. And the first time you have to say the hard thing, it's hard, but it's a new language you're learning. And so you say it and you learn the language and then you realize what you'd have done different if you have to do it again. And it just, it teaches you. And God has shown up for me in dating relationships in ways I would not have seen him right. in friendships. And honestly, in ways I won't see him in marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. There are ways mm-hmm. coming for me that I will see him once I'm married that are so different than now. But, but I have to appreciate that in the waiting, in the days between when the guy calls, in the days between dates, on second dates, on yeah. fifth dates, yeah. God is showing me his character and his personality. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't get to see that. If, if I, when I go on my last first date, that's my last first date. Right. 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 And, and I, yeah. I don't experience that again. And so mm-hmm. there is some um, appreciation for this season that I will not have again, as far as I can see. Let me ask you about this. And you, you spoke to this a little bit just now, just in that, in that breakup moment, whether it's yeah. the first breakup moment that you have, whether it was mutual or you do the breaking up or the other person does a breaking up. I, I find that regardless, it really, really sucks. Period. Yeah, there's not a winner. But that. No, no, no. I mean, I will say there's an extra hard part when you are the person that is like the dump E. Well, <laughs> like, sure, right. It's like right. that—that's an extra sting, you know. Yeah, and the right. other per- and the right. and the other person that does the breaking up—they're hurting about it, but they walk away feeling like I was honest. It's I told different. the truth. Yeah, I'm free, different. and you are there, like, no, it's fine. Just bleeding all over the restaurant, you yeah, know, that's or right. wherever that's right. we are. That's Everything's right. fine. Like, right. if you could put together a survival kit, Ooh. if someone's listening right now and they're going through that that tough breakup. Are you talking time. like a legitimate kit that I would mail them? Cause it would be like a, a weighted blanket. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Tell me these things. Tell me these things. Okay, Annie. A yes. blanket. I love a mm-hmm. weighted blanket. Anything that makes me feel held. So yes. I would send yes. someone a weighted blanket so they would feel held. <laughs> yes. Um, I think, you know, they, the thing about breaking up is that time is a factor that you cannot speed up or slow down. Yeah. You cannot wish away the process of healing. 
from a breakup, you can't, you can either like put your head in the sand and let the clock tick. But as soon as your head comes up, the pain is still there. Yeah. And so there is just a, um, there's a portion of healing from a breakup that cannot be rushed. And I, I remember when there was a guy I really thought I was going to marry. Um, I mean, re- I mean, I, did, I, I'm still surprised in some yeah. ways. Do you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, it's not, he's not right. It's not right, but I'm still surprised. Um, I was that kind of hopeful and maybe a little bit sure. And, um, so I, I remember that I saw him and we broke up a lot of times. Do you know what I mean? And so I, I saw him maybe, a a year after one of the last ones, not the very last one, but after one of the last ones, at a restaurant here in Nashville where, where we see each other, saw each other a lot. And I was living with married couple at the time and I came home and I sat down on the floor and I just said to her, is this ever going to be better? Like, is this the rest of my life? Yeah. Like, am am I always going to see him and fall apart? Is there never going to be a time where there's peace running into him? I, I would like to be social where he is. (laughs) Like we're in the same group and I run into him at, a restaurant and I fall into pieces and what do we do? Mm -hmm. And she said, um, someone else will make this better and time will make this better. And I remember thinking like, no, I don't want, (laughs) I don't want you to tell me that that this is a, this is like a a square shaped hole in my bucket that someone else is going to fill with their square shaped, you know, block. That's not, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is actually a little bit true. It is that time heals. And when, and when you get back on the horse, when you go back to trying, when you go back on a first date, I mean, I wrote about this in, I uh, think, and let's all be brave. Mm-hmm. But the first date I went on after he and I broke up one of the times, I just cried. Yeah. I mean, I cried afterwards. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't ever want, the guy was great. I just couldn't, but then I thought, I have to do this. I have yep. to do this. You have to. And I tell my friends when my friends break up, you have time. You don't need to go on a date right away. But like two years later, you shouldn't not be dating or not be right. You should be open. You know, like mm-hmm. it should be pretty, pretty sooner than you want it to be. You know, if someone said, how soon should I start dating after I broke up with this guy? I'm like, probably like three weeks before you want to. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's when you should start being open because God will use, I mean, God uses our friendship to heal me, you know, like yeah. uses other women to heal us. We have mm-hmm. to believe that there is truth that he will use men to help heal some wounds as well. Yeah. And so, it, and, and she was right. My friend Heather was right that like time helped a lot and distance helps. So that's why I'm also a big believer in like change the phone number or delete change Same. his name or delete the number. Same. I mean, I had one that I changed to, this is a bad idea. First name, <laughs> last name, a bad idea. And so the only way I could text him is if I said, this is a bad, this is a bad idea. I shouldn't, it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Listen, right? yes. And so you, you have to delete his number. You have to change it. You have to use self-control that you do not want to use because you are itching and you want somebody to scratch it. And, and you know, he will, you know, that he'll, you honestly, for me, after a breakup, even just sending the text, I feel a little bit better. 
And then yeah. he respond and I fall into a pit of despair. Oh gosh. And, and a bowl of pie or cobbler oh, is typically listen. my terrible situation. No yeah. And you Brownies. Just, I just, now I'm ashamed and now I'm sad and now mm-hmm. he, this is awful. And then six weeks later, you'll do it again. Yes. Or you choose self-control and you believe what he said when he said we were done Yeah. and you don't. Right. And yeah. then you let and you let yourself heal and you open yourself up to other relationships and other people. And and at some point it gets better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yes. so I would say a weighted blanket okay. and a watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That's what you need. That's what you're going to get in your in your breakup survival box. And like I love I'll it. give you some like dairy free dessert. But, you know, you and I have also talked about this enough that. Yes. That I, I just can't run to food. Yeah. And so I, that just is never the right answer for me anymore. Yeah, right. And so I, um, and so I'll take a weighted blanket and, a Netflix binge of like pole dark or you've got mail or something <laughs> terribly sad for someone yes. who's not in love. I'll take, I'll take that, um, over food or alcohol that could be really detrimental to who yeah. I actually want to be. Right, right. No, I get that. In the book, I have a chapter called uh, Late Expectations, and I'm telling this story when my best friend Adrian and I went to New York uh, at the time to lament our singleness because we felt like that would be a great place for a lament. Um, it's a good place to lament. It's a good place that there's lots of lights and things <laughs> to do yeah. while you're like processing your life, trying to think through that. And I think a part of sometimes what happens in life, sometimes the story God ends up writing just is feels delayed feels like the timing in which God is going to do something in our life is just happening way later than we wanted or expected. And that sometimes really makes me angry about God. Yeah. Because I'm just like, why you do that? Like this right here is a perfect time. Like I remember when I was 27, I was like, this is a perfect time for me to get married. Look at this body. You know, this life I'm living. I was like, God, come on. Somebody needs to get in on this. Somebody needs to get in on this right Right. now, you know? And God being like, nah, it's not 27. And then 28 and then 29 and the years go on, you know? How old were you when you got married? I was 31 when I got married. And I really want to speak to this a little bit because I know that there will be some people listening who may be in this area as far as dating and marriage and maybe in other areas of life are experiencing what feels like that delay. Yeah. That like, uh, I had an expectation of kind of what my life was going to be like at this point in my life. And this is not what I thought it was going to look like. Can you speak to how is the life you are living now? Like, how is that different than younger Annie may have imagined it was. Yeah. I mean, if you'd have told 22 year old Annie that this is what my life would look like, I think she would, I think she would have panicked. Yeah, I do. Um, but there is nothing to panic about. Right. I have, I live a very full and beautiful life. And I think a, a side of this is that I don't talk about dating on my social. Yeah. My internetness. Yeah, And so people in general don't know that I date because they don't talk about it. And so, Mm -hmm. and so I, um, it's very rare that I will even, yeah, that I even mention someone I'm dating or that I've been dating. Right. Like that the, 
for the majority of 2017, there was a man in my life that mattered and people don't know, right? right. And so, or not the majority, that's an unfair, that's a stretch, a good, a good third. So um, I'm, I'm not giving him any more days than he deserves, but a good, <laughs> right, a good right, third right. of the year. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, so I think that, uh, I say all that to say that I have a really full, beautiful life mm -hmm. and God has done some incredibly kind things for me. And also it feels really delayed for what I wanted. Sure. Sure. And, and there is a tension there that is very real mm -hmm. and I, there isn't anything to do with it. Right. Like mm -hmm. I was on the phone earlier with a friend today and she was telling me about a friend of hers that's feeling some tension at her job. And I, and I just said, Sometimes there's literally nothing to do about tension except say, I see you tension. Right. I see you and I can't fix you, but I mm -hmm. recognize that I'm asked, I'm being asked to hold that I have a really great life and it doesn't look at all like I thought. And I have disappointments around that. Yeah. Both those things are true yep. and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you the other thing, Amina, we just had, uh, you know, this cause you know my life, but our pastor at Crosspoint, my church in Nashville left about a little over a year ago. Mm -hmm. and it, it was a breakup of epic proportion for my heart. Um, and I felt abandoned and I felt alone and I felt everything I've ever felt in a breakup. And three months in, I was ready for a new pastor mm. and four months in, I was dying for a new pastor and eight months in, I thought, I can't do this. This yeah. is too long. This wait is too long. And then at, 10 months, the Lord brought us a pastor that has so exceeded what I could have, what I even knew to pray. Yeah, He, he is so beyond what I thought God would have done for us mm -hmm. that it has given me hope for other areas of my life that I, because I go, okay, this has actually happened to me where yeah. God later than I thought he would be, but he provided better than I thought he would. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I may be experiencing that in relationship. I am experiencing that in church. Yeah. I'm just seeing that God, um, when I decided that God could be in control and that God mm -hmm. could decide things mm -hmm. and that I was going to hold the tension and not ignore it, yeah. he exceeded my expectations. Mm. And so, um, and so that is how I deal with the delay is yeah. that when it, what is true in the spiritual is true in the physical. And what was true for us spiritually at church is true for me in my relationship, dating, marriage, life. Yeah. Right. And so I just, yeah. I just look at that and I say, do it again, Lord, mm. do it again. Right. Mm. And then I live today and I make plans for tomorrow and I make plans. And I make plans and I keep living my life until the day that the Lord interrupts everything I'm doing and shows me the better yeah. that, I, that I ever asked for. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I remember having a real clear dream about my future in 2011. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, then here we go. Yeah. I, I, I know that was a dream from God and I know what he showed me and I know what I saw and here we go. And here we are in 2017. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and it, and it's, and I see glimpses of it, but I don't know that I see the whole story, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I see what maybe could be, but I don't know. And so then you go like, well, I thought, I thought my timing, the way I understood it in 2011 was now. 
But also, the weird part is, when I look back between 2017 and 2011, that went by really fast. Yeah. And it was mm-hmm. really awesome. Mm-hmm. And so there were a lot of really high highs during that season, during those six years or whatever. So does that answer the question? I feel like that yeah. is a really yeah. answer. Right. No, I think I think you answered the question. And I think you said two things there that are really important. One is sitting in that tension. You have to. Sitting in that. To. Oh, my gosh. It can be painful. It can be the main thing that you would love to avoid yeah. at the time that, you're, that you're at that place. Yeah. But that's the best thing that you can do for yourself. I love that you said that. And I love that you brought up this idea that breakups are not just in our dating relationships, that we can experience breakups of a lot of different kinds, but the process is still the same. The process process is is still the same. Because the truth is, Amina, it's actually the same statement. Someone is leaving me because fill in the blank. Right. Right? And so this man is leaving me because he wants to date someone else. This man is leaving me because he is taking a job where he doesn't want to have a girlfriend. This friend is leaving me because she is unhappy about something I did. This pastor is leaving me because he is tired, right? Like it is the same sentence. Mm -hmm. It's just different people. Mm -hmm. And I think God is kind enough to let us wrestle through those sentences because we have to know, and you know this in your life. And let me tell you, Amina, I know this so hard in my life that there is no one that matters to me like he does. Yeah. There is not going to be a man that steps into my life that is going to be better to me than Jesus, that Facts. is going to know me longer than Jesus, that mm-hmm. is going to know me better than Jesus. I have the relationship that is the one that lasts forever. Yeah. And I really want one that steps in and shows me what it looks like here too. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and so what time has taught me and what breaks up, breakups have taught me and what relationships have taught me is that I've got the one. Yeah. I've got the one. Mm, that's good. And and I am, I, and, and if I choose to be single forever, which I'm not choosing, if I choose right. <laughs> to be single forever, I can be satisfied. Yeah. Because I have the one, right? Yeah. yeah. I want that. I want, I, I mean, you know what I want. I want a teammate. Yeah. I want a dude who's like running so hard after what God has for him and his community. I want a dude that's fun to be around that we like enjoy being together. And I just want that teammate. Like I want all that. If yeah. I don't get any of that, I will be fine. I'll be more yeah. than fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll be great because mm-hmm. the real and praise God because the man I'd have married at twenty two, I'd have asked Bless. him to be my savior. <sighs> right, I'd have asked him Bless. to be all these mm-hmm. things for me that mm-hmm. he does not need to be. That mm-hmm. now, now that I'm later, now that I've been delayed, Jesus delayed my story so that he could get all of me. Yeah. And now I get to give part of me to someone who is human and flawed and normal and not ask him to save me. Just ask him to be yeah. with me. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So <sighs> I that's love the beauty that. of play. That's the beauty of whether you get married at 22. There are people who get married at 22 and the Lord does all that in their lives at 22. Right. It's not the people who get married in their 30s are better Christians or anything ridiculous right, like that. Right, right. That's probably not true. But what it means is that do you do you believe that God can do for you exactly what you need to be to bring him glory and to have joy in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Let me ask you one more question on 
dating and then we're going to talk about music because we can't talk oh, about okay. how to fix a broken record without talking about music. Right. But I want right. to ask you at the point where you are right now in your life, in your soul, how would you say this dating process in this last, you know, few years of your life, how has that helped you grow into this woman yeah. that you are into, yeah. you know, and I get, I'm getting the vibe, I guess. And of course, from knowing you two and other off podcast conversations, <laughs> we've right. had, that a part of the journey you've been on is, okay, I love God. I'm learning to love Annie. Yeah. And I'm learning to take care of Annie also. Like how, how is this journey that you've been on? It just seems like you've been on a journey that's growing you as yeah. a woman. Yeah. How has so dating and just other parts of life been a part of that? Yeah. So let me back up and say that, that the reason I, there's just a couple of areas in my life that are, that I don't talk about online. Yeah. Um, and it is purely because, um, I want to respect the other people in the story. Sure. Right. So it is not that I'm hiding my dating relationships or my dating stuff from people. Yeah. It's that, yeah. it's that there's, you're signing up for a lot. Mm-hmm. And when you sign up for this and, and I want to make sure someone is prepared for that all the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. And also some stuff is really sacred to me. And yeah. so, and, and, and to be good at my job and to be a good Annie does not mean I have to share everything. Absolutely. So, so I say all that to tell you that nothing, I don't know that anything has shaped me as fully in the last three years than my dating relationships. Yeah. Um, besides God, but God using those, yeah. uh, and you know this about me, but I'm in counseling regularly every Important. two, Important. every two times a month, usually sometimes once a month, I mean, sometimes once a week, but, um, she said a really interesting thing to me in our last, uh, appointment where she said, every man you mention is bet is a better fit for you than the one before. Hmm. And, and, and so we kind of went back over the last couple and she was like, do you see how now that would never work for you? And do you see how you tried that experience and that wasn't right. And that wasn't good. You had to know. Yeah. Right. And, and you had to trust what you thought God was saying and you had, and what God was saying and what you were stepping into. And, and so there's not been another thing that has shaped me and grown me like like having to learn the language of dating mm. with with different men. Mm. Um, some that are in my church and some that aren't even in our country. Right? Like right. I mean it's been right. it has been a a collection, a cornucopia, if you will. Mm, come on, not, cornucopia. Not, yes. Maybe not in number, but just in variety. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I, yes. I have I've run some spectrums here and um in the dating world in the last couple of years. So I I mean I think I think you're right. I love God more because of those experiences. I love myself more yeah. and I am more ready than ever to love someone else well. Yeah. Right. Or to try yeah. to try. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I, um, so that's probably the biggest takeaway has been looking for God in dating relationships mm-hmm. because it takes, I mean, you know, this, it, you remember it takes courage to go on dates. It takes courage to say your feelings yes. more than once. Right. Yes. Like you tell one guy in January how you feel and what you want to do and how you, what you think and where you think y'all are going and y'all have a good DTR and then it ends in April and you got to do it again in June. Like right. I just did this. <laughs> like I didn't even Come have on. to do them yet. Right. Yeah. Like, 
I haven't even had time to like pay my taxes and I'm having to tell someone else that I have feelings <laughs> and I'm not sure he's going to say it back. That was not, that was not this year. I'm not doing an, ex- an exact right. replica. I'm right, right, right. An example. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I th- so I think that, I think the courage it takes to keep putting your heart, there's a really cheap, it's not cheesy. I like it, but there's a country song that says, um, you got to love, like there's no such thing as a broken heart. Mm. Right. And mm. it's, it's a, it's, it's a cheesy line. It's not totally true because you do need, the Bible does say guard your heart. It's the wealth yeah. of life, but it doesn't say guard your heart from other people. Right. It doesn't say guard your heart because you're afraid you'll get hurt. Yeah. Right. So the, the reality is, is that we have to step into every dating relationship. Like I'm going to believe this is going to work until it doesn't work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to mm-hmm. give my heart. I'm not going to give my body. I'm going to give my mind. Yeah. I'm going to go in to this with what I've decided is what I'm willing to offer in a dating relationship versus what I'm going to say for marriage. Cause there is emotional stuff that I'm saving yeah. for marriage too. Right. Like yeah. it's conversations and experiences. It's not just sexual, right? There, yeah. there's dreams that I don't want to share with someone until he's stuck with me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, but you have to be brave enough to at least try. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I love, I love the wisdom in what you're saying there, because I think it's so important to keep our, this balance of like keeping our hearts open to the really growing and good and healthy experiences that can come into our life. And I also hear you saying dating in community, like this is the interesting part, right? Like we were... Yeah, like we we were sort of having that narrative of I kissed dating goodbye took you into this weird like, well, you need to be on groups on group dates all the time and that, you know, and I feel like eventually a lot of us that grew up in that church Christian context, we come to this middle place of like, okay, I don't necessarily need to be dating in isolation in the sense of like, it's just me and this person all the time. And they don't know my friends. I don't know their friends. And we're not in a scenario where we both have people in our lives who are speaking truth into right. our lives and things like this. Right. Because but listen, I, also, I said to someone today, Amina, I said, if you hear something else from God about this, then I'm hearing you need to tell me because I don't want my heart to block my ears. Yeah. Right. Right? right. And it can, I know it can. Yeah. And so that's why we have to invite people. In. You don't invite a hundred people in. Right. 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 Exactly. Know your business, but I have a counselor. I have a pastor. I have people. And, and I'm at the point where I don't ask a dude's friends. If we have mutual friends, I'm not asking them, does he like me? I'm asking them about his character. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm asking them mm-hmm. about how he handles things. Like I'm asking them to teach me the dude not tell me what he feels. We're all grown right. up. So you should tell me what he feels, right? But, right. Mm-hmm. but you're right. We have to invite people in because people have to see. My my old roommate, Laura, married a guy named Simone here in Nashville. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's a chef. He's wonderful. And my favorite thing about watching them date and get married is she became the best version of herself I've ever known. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I know because she let me watch. Right. And so I say to them, like, because you did this in community, I'm telling you, this is right. And you are, you are the best you I've ever seen. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. that's what I'm trying to do on this side too, of go like, okay, I'm inviting some of y'all in to watch me. Am I becoming a better me or am I becoming less me? Mm-hmm. And am mm-hmm. I more open or am I mo- more closed off? Do you feel like I'm talking about the Lord more or am I talking about the Lord less? Am I talking about the Lord more or am I making more excuses for why this guy isn't hitting what we need him to hit? 
Right. Right. And so I I just invite enough people in that I, because I don't trust myself all the time. I mean, I have a, I have a wild heart. She can't be tamed. (laughs) Love them all. Right. Right. So I trust, I trust God with my heart. I don't always trust me with my heart. Yeah. And so I need to, I need to have people like my counselor and my pastor and my best friends going like, Hey, this looks really good. And, and we're really believing with you and watching with you and trusting you. Yes. Oh, I love, I love that balance of having community and also knowing God for myself, being yes. able to get that wisdom from God for myself. That's what I'm hearing in like yeah. just the balance Each, of what you're saying. I love that. person I ask about everything yeah. and then my people. Yeah, and I, I love it. I, again, in the text message this morning where I said, if my heart is blocking my ears, I said, you know, every day I'm asking God to correct my course if I'm wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like God, did, God will, that doesn't mean God tells me, shows me the whole map before I'm at the end of it. Right. But it right. does mean that he is not going to let me miss his voice. If that is what I want to hear. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. If what I want mm-hmm. is his direction, he's not going to go, well, I'm going to sit silently and hope you figure it out. Right. Right. He's mm-hmm. going to go, okay, well, I'm only going to show you one step. The word is a lamp to your feet. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I'm going to tell you to, to go on that date. I'm going to say yes to that. I'm going to say no to that. You know, like I'm going to give you direction because you, because that's what I want. I mean, I, you know, yeah. And this is true for y'all. Sorry. You girl, got me going when you started talking about the Lord. Let's come on. But listen, this is true for y'all too, is I don't want to partner with anybody who isn't going to help me do more for the kingdom than I'm doing right now. Real talk. And so if one of the door, if a door closes with a dude, I'm like, then we wouldn't have been better for the kingdom. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. there's this mural in LA mm-hmm. and it says, if you believe in me, like I believe in you, they will remember us. Yeah. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and you know me well enough. I'm not talking about like, I want someone to have a statue of an Annie F down. Somewhere. Right, right, right. But, but I, if, if I pick a dude and he picks me and we believe in each other mm-hmm. because we believe in what God's done by putting us together, mm-hmm. they're going to remember us, Amina. Yeah. Yeah. That's the dude um, that that's worth waiting for. That's worth being delayed over mm-hmm. is the guy who, who steps in and we matter to the kingdom of God. Yeah. And we make a difference and an impact in the city that we live in that in, in the internet that we live in. And right. that, that is, that's worth waiting for, for me. Yeah. That's, that's the true love waits crap, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. And then that's the part of it that's not crap. Right. 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 And because then yes. when it door closes, you go, this isn't about rejection. This is about God directing me to the place where I can do the most and be the most. Yeah. And help the most. Because I want to pick a dude who I'm going like, how can I help you go forward? Because what you're yeah. doing is amazing. How can I help you go forward? Yes. And that's what I'm looking for, right? And, that, yes. and that's, if I'm looking for that guy, he's looking for this kind of girl too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Let's talk music. Okay. I'm ready. For every episode of the How to Fix a Broken Record podcast, I ask each person to say their favorite album okay. and why it's your favorite. So Annie Downs, what is your favorite album of all time, or at least right now? No, all time. <laughs> and why do you love it's it? It's so all time. easy. It's so easy. Sigh No More, Mumford & Sons. The whole thing. Wow. Whole it, thing. Yeah. 2010, maybe. I can't remember exactly yeah. the year. It is. I, I went to their show. I listened to their music a little bit before they played Nashville. I liked their show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I liked their record. I saw them live. They were new-ish. It was their first time playing Nashville. They were at War Memorial Auditorium. 
and I was on the fifth row standing. Wow. And and it it, it was a life-changing concert experience for me. M- Marcus Mumford cried over getting to play Nashville and it made me loyal to him forever. It, wow. I just like if you care this much about our city, I will listen. And, but but there's something about that you know those guys, I don't I I don't have any idea about their faith walks. I do know yeah. a little bit about how they how some of them grew up and there is some faith in the background of that. Yeah. And, um, and I felt that I feel like they write tension really well mm. and they write the, they're okay if all the chords don't resolve mm. and if all the language doesn't resolve well. And so that, and that sign no more album is just, I mean, I love all their stuff. I, I still, I listen to, yeah, I, I listen to them all the time. I, they are all their albums, but I go back to sign no more on the regular. They have a song that's, um, after the storm that wow. is just beautiful. It says with grace in her heart and flowers in her hair. Right. Mm. And so I just think, um, yeah, after the storm is when you're going to see me with grace in my heart and flowers in my hair. Right. And so that, yes. yeah, that album has just meant a lot to me for a long time. And then mm. Stevie wonder singing, isn't she love me? He isn't she lovely. He sings it to me every morning. I mean, I play it's it every morning. It's always the right thing. I don't every know when that's not morning. the right thing. That's yeah. always the right thing to do. Yes. The right thing. It's, I, I say it to myself, isn't she lovely? Oh my gosh. I love it. Annie Downs, how can people find out more about you and most importantly, um, spend money on things oh my gosh, that you're so have your name on them? I'm just throwing it out there. So I'm just saying. it's Annie F. Downs everywhere. F as in fancy or fun or Atlanta Falcons, whatever you want to say. So <laughs> it's Annie F. Downs everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You know, I love an Insta story. I already put you on mine today twice. Um, and and yeah, it's Annie F. Downs everywhere. And then my books are in bookstores, Amazon, all the places. I'm a big local bookstore person. So go there first and get them to order it. If they say no, you can ask your Amazon to do it. Um, and also I have a podcast called That Sounds Fun with Annie F. Downs. And awesome. we just talk about whatever we want to. And we think it's really fun. That sounds so great. Annie, thank you for taking the I time love to you, do Amina. this. I You're a good so friend. Much. I'm grateful. The How to Fix a Broken Record podcast is produced by DJ Ope Diggy at Orange Fuzz Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. The book, How to Fix a Broken Record, is available wherever books are sold. Thanks for listening. <laughs>